This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio Cars. Like most of you, I drive a car or a truck. Well, occasionally, I need tires or just a simple plug or patch. Well, my friends down at Just Tires is the place to go when that need arises. Give them a call at 727-585-9271. They have a convenient location right at 1645 Clearwater Largo Road. You can't miss them. So for all your tire needs, cars, trucks, trailers, new used or just a repair, give Just Tires a call. 727-585-9271. Oh, yeah, and be sure and check out their website, JustTires.net. Do you ever feel the need for speed? Well, experience the thrill of indoor karting at Tampa Bay Grand Prix, located at 12350 Automobile Boulevard in Clearwater. Call 727-527-8464. They have state-of-the-art electric carts racing around a quarter-mile road circuit. Bring your family, friends, and teammates for some speed, fun, and competition at Tampa Bay Grand Prix Indoor Karting Facility. Call 727-527-8464. Visit their website at tampabaygp.com. Hi, this is John Force, and you're listening, listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. You do it better than me. You do. I it. don't know. <laughs> I, I, that's always a good promo right there, just in itself. I'm John Force, and uh, you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I just hate stupid people. <laughs> Should have to wear signs and just say, I'm stupid. That way you wouldn't rely on them, would you? You wouldn't ask me anything. You'd be like, excuse me. Oh, never mind. I didn't see your sign. It's like for my wife and I moved from Texas to California. Our house is full of boxes. There's a U-Haul truck in our driveway. My friend comes over and goes, hey, you moving? Nope. We just pack our stuff up once or twice a week. Just see how many boxes it takes. Here's your sign. Why can't they get the picture? I don't they understand? We're not dealing with the planet of age. We're talking about the modern man. So you people with them itsy bitsy teensy witsy tiny minds. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Last time I was home, I was driving around. I had a flat tire. I pulled my truck away to the side of the road gas station. The attendant walks out, looks at my truck, looks at me. I swear to God, he went, tire, go play it? I couldn't resist. I said, nope. No, I was driving around. Those other three just swelled right up on me. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Here's your sign. Guys, watch one of those animal shows on Discovery Channel. There was a guy inventing a shark bite suit. There's only one way to test that. All right, Jimmy, got that shark suit on. Looks good. <laughs> they want you to jump in this pool of sharks, and you tell us it hurts when they bite you. <laughs> well, all right. Hold my sign. I don't want to lose it. Here's your sign. Well, we were trying to sell our car about a year ago. Guy came over the house, drove the car around about 45 minutes. We get back to the house, he gets out of the car, reaches down, and grabs the exhaust pipe. And goes, damn, that's hot. <laughs> See? If he'd been wearing a sign, I could have stopped it. So you people with the mitzi, pitsy, teensy, witsy, tiny minds. 
here's your sign. Here's your sign. Hey, this is Ted Nugent celebrating the American dream on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You are tuned in to the one and only Confused. Guys here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars, here we are live. You know what? We just kind of had a little uh, faux pas there. Me and Billy are scrambling and trying to get some stuff set up for the studio here. But anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. And yes, boy, I'll tell you what, it's been an amazing week here. I mean, some car stuff is going on. It is absolutely incredible, the stuff that's been going on the last couple of weeks. I mean, between the auctions and car shows and races and cool stuff like that. Oh, by the way, I am your show host, Robert. And guess what, everybody? You know what's going on this weekend? Yes, the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Jam taking place at Raymond James Studio. Stadium, excuse me. I got studio on the brain here. Boy, I'm slipping. All right, Billy. Hey, Billy, how you doing tonight? What's that thing called again? What? Which? <laughs> what? Where, where the Advanced going? Auto Parts Monster Jam. No, you talking about something else? Oh, oh, yeah. Let's hear some big tractor and truck noise. Wow, 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 wow. Hey, everybody, run to your computers and Google Tan Talk. 1340.com, and you can see us live right here in the studio in downtown Clearwater, okay? Hey, if you want to listen on live, too, well, I mean, I just said that, didn't I? I just said, hey, go tune in, Google your, Google Tantalk1340.com. If you want to listen to us live, obviously tune in your radio, your AM radio, okay? If you're home and you're in your garage and you're playing with your car, and if you've got an AM radio station, flip it on. If you've got an old vintage car and you've got an AM radio in your car, go ahead and flip that on, too, and we will be blaring out of your speakers, okay? Hey, uh, something new we got here. Actually, my son hooked me up with this thing. It's uh, you can download the TuneIn app, and you can listen to us on your phone. Now, you get it at GulfstreamMotorsports.com slash Nostalgic Radio and Cars, you know, if you go to our website, okay? Or you can uh, go to the phone app store, and you'll find it on there. Be sure and visit our website, too, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. And if you missed any of our past shows, be sure and check us out on our podcast site, which is also at our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com. And don't forget to like us. That means like us on Facebook. A big mwah. Okay. Now, ordinarily, I've got some radio giveaways, but unfortunately, this week, I don't. So what I will give away to the 11th. 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th, call anybody that calls in tonight. We will give you free nostalgic radio and cars. Bumper stickers. I got a slew of those things, don't I? I got a whole bunch of them on the back of my truck. As a matter of fact, I will be getting some more Ted Nugent for president bumper stickers because we need uh, to get somebody in the water. Also, the Festival of Speed tickets came in today. Hey, did the Festival of Speed? All right, ladies Big and gentlemen. Big box of them. Big box of them. Okay, we're going to have some Festivals of Speed tickets. Now, the, there's, two events, there's two events coming up. And I have to go over the events list. I'll have that here shortly. Uh, Festivals of Speed will be at Amelia Island this year, okay? They're going to be at the Omni Plantation Resort in Amelia Island, okay? So you've got the Million Island Concourse going on. You've got the RM Auction going on there. You've got the Gooding Auction going on there. And, of course, Festivals of Speed is the new venue that particular weekend. So that starts March uh, 9th, I guess. So go to our website. We have a calendar or an events page, and you can check out all the upcoming events, okay? I mean, there's just a ton of stuff going on. Besides the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Jam this weekend at the Raymond James Stadium, okay? Let's see. We got Moultrie going on so far. All you parts junkies like me out there that really dig cars, plastics, and you just like to have a whole bunch of 
parts laying around. Uh, Moultrie is in Georgia. It's about three and a half, four hours, depending on how slow you drive. It's just on the other side of Valdosta and then to the west. Okay, so that's Moultrie. Check it out. It's a great swap meet, great car show. It's a three-day event starting tomorrow, okay? And then, of course, the 21st through the 24th of this month. Uh, actually, this month, next month, because we're already, this is the last day. This is the 30th. But Zephyr Hills, okay, we've got the Zephyr Hills car show, swap meet, and auction. That's the 21st through the 24th. I mentioned Amelia Island, which is March 8th. March, the, the, I'm the, I'm stumbling over my words here. Uh, March 8th through the 10th, okay? And, of course, this Festival of Speed is going on that same weekend. And uh, the Daytona 500, okay? That's February 24th. Billy, you're doing a sensational job with the sound effects tonight. I really dig that. Cool. That's what makes this show so much fun and so interesting because it is live radio and anything can happen. Can it, Billy? <laughs> we have any explosions going on? Anything like that? You got some of that stuff? Dogs barking, uh, wheels falling off cars. Are you crazy? <laughs> anyway, let's see. Oh, yeah. Also this weekend or this weekend, this month. Okay. Coming up. I say that it's February. If you guys are into vintage racing, Brian Redman, who's been a guest on our show, who's a world renowned race car driver in GTs cars all through the 60s, 70s and, and early part of the 80s. Brian Redman puts on an event down at the Palm Beach International Raceway. It's called the Target 66 and it is a great, great venue. It's a three day deal. It's February 22nd, 23rd and 24th down at the Palm Beach International Raceway. It's a great venue. So if you guys are into vintage race cars, you'll see Shelby's, Porsches, Cobras, vintage Ferraris. You'll see small bore cars like MG's, Jaguar. Uh, well, Jaguar's not a small bore car, but Healy's, Oscars, all kinds of weird stuff. I mean, there'll be some neat stuff down there. So you got to check that out. And don't forget, Speed Week starts the 16th of this month. And of course, next month is Bike Week in March. So I've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up to attend. But uh, Billy, you got something on the turntable for us? Let's go ahead and let's uh, spin that thing around and around and around, see if we can get some vinyl going. Here we go, guys. We'll be back in a second. Oh, you like the way that sounds? Hey, this is Lou Santiago of Car Fix and GarageInsiderTV.com. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Enjoy the show. Little Jimmy Jackson is jacking up his Bronco. He's going to lay a little rubble later. Truck
listeners. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club, located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72, plus another 9-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website, magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. Okay, we're back and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hey, and again, be sure and go to the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Jam this weekend. As a matter of fact, we have a very special guest this evening, okay? And I probably already gave you a clue, but we won't reveal them until later because I always like to reveal the guests a little bit later in the show. But anyway, Billy, how are we doing out there again? We've already had a couple phone calls. We've already given away a couple of bumper stickers. If you want a bumper sticker, give us a call here at the studio. 727-441-3000. That's 727-441-3000. We're going to your, your truck got stuck some first? No, 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 no. We don't get to that just yet. We, oh. I got to talk a little bit about what went on this past weekend. This past weekend for everybody, for all you guys out there, you know I go to a lot of shows and, and events. Su- and your surprise guest is waiting. My surprise guest is waiting? No way. Not yet. Yeah. He's, Are you serious? Yeah, he's right there already waiting. So we, he, he, no problem. Are you serious? Yeah. He, oh. I'm serious. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I was going to talk about, uh, you know, we, hey, last weekend I went to Mika Auto Auction, okay? And I mean, there was some amazing stuff there. All Friday, we hung out there, me and Hank and a couple Ford guys went up there. You know me, I'm a Ford guy. Anyway, I mean, some crazy numbers on some of those cars. I mean, a 63 Corvette split window. Ordinarily, you know, a 70, 80, $90,000 car, 250. A Boss 429, $250, $300,000 car, one cracked 400 and change. Mind-boggling. On the other spectrum, you had a 72 Chevelle factory, well, I'm not sure if it was a factory, 454 four-speed LS5 car. But anyway, 13 thousand what a bargain so the point being if you guys go to these auctions you know, in these car show slash auction things. I mean, 3,000 cars, 10-day extravaganza in Kissimmee, Florida. I mean, it was amazing. I mean, the place was overwhelmed with people. And there were some great buys. There were some strong sells, if you want to use the term, if you were a seller. Uh, but overall, you know, some really, really cool stuff. And then, of course, Saturday... Saturday, my son and I went to the 24-hour, 51st running of the 24-hour race of Daytona. That was a cool event. This is a big old frozen chunk of poopy. <laughs> that event has changed so much. I've been going there since 1977. We used to run a U-Haul truck and smuggle half the guys in there and have bonfires, and everybody used to just get wild and crazy. Except me, I'm a car guy, so I used to hang out, sneak into the pits, I might add, and uh, have a really, really great time. So it has, I mean, changed. I mean, it's really classed and jazzed up over there. And uh, obviously, next month in March, and third week in March is they always have the 12-hour Sebring. So all you guys, you know, if you can make this Sebring and if you're GT guys, you know, car guys, uh, that, that that's an amazing event. But anyway, Billy, do we really do? Is our guest on the line waiting? Yeah, I got uh, the one thing that you told me and I got the song. All right, let's go ahead and do that and then we'll bring our guest on. Okay, that's super. Hey, I'm really excited because we got a fascinating person coming on and he will be at the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Jam this weekend. So let's roll that little piece of vinyl and see what we got coming up. 
got stuck in the Ford, got stuck, got the Chevron stuck when the Dodge showed up. But the Dodge got stuck in the tractor rut, which eventually pulled out the Ford with some difficulty. A moraine that we'd seen for a thousand years caused financial joys and biblical fears. It caused some smiles, it caused some tears, but more to the point of our story. For the first time in the collective memory, that old brown prairie that had been so dry for so long was very muddy, boggy, sticky. We'd pull one truck out and get another stuck in, and motors would roar and tires would spin. We'd sink right down, down to the diff, and we'd all take turns and do it again until no one could move. We'd call one more friend, come on out here, we need you. Bring your truck. Chef got stuck in the Ford, got stuck, got the Chevy unstuck when the Dodge showed up, but the Dodge got stuck in the tractor. But the one thing my grandma does do that irritates me, she gets the walking farts, you know. Uh, every step she takes, something come out, you know. But worst, he stood up his ex-wife, she called him a jerk. Of course, Holtman didn't have nothing better to do. Marky. And that's bad, because when she's at the flea market, she wears them spandex drawers. So now it can't escape nowhere, you know what I mean? Showed up, but the Dodge got stuck in the tractor up, which eventually pulled out the floor. Well, it was truck after truck, we all got stuck, except the big old four-by-a-hutterite truck. We all thought, Lord, are we in luck, but he wouldn't come anywhere near us. Mighty neighborly. Mighty neighborly. We used a lot of our backs and a little of our brains. It jacked up the jacks, it snugged up the chains. Hi, this is Jay Leno, and you're listening to my favorite, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. And I'm really excited because this, this is a cool guy. A four-time Monster Truck champion. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show this evening, Dennis Anderson. Dennis, are you there? Yes, sir, buddy. I'm right here. <laughs> so, how you been? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm here at the uh, at the shop right now, or just left the shop shortly ago, and uh, getting ready to fly out of here in the morning. I'm heading down to Florida, getting ready to jam out with my truck. All right. Now, tell us a little bit about your truck. Let me, in fact, tell us a little bit about Dennis Anderson. Who is Dennis Anderson, and how did it come to be the famous grave digger? Mm, okay. Well, I, you know, it's I've got a I've got a short and a medium and a long version story. So. <laughs> You know, I don't know how much time we have, but well, we got thirty minutes. You know, but we got a lot of stuff to cover. <laughs> basically, basically, what I am, I'm, my, I am, I'm Dennis Anderson, driver and creator of Gravedigger Monster Truck. I created the truck uh, thirty-one years ago, and um, and I've always drove the truck. And I have, um, you know, there's more than one Gravedigger now. We have multiple teams. We have ten Gravedigger teams out there on the road now. And um, and when I when I first started out, I started out as a uh, as a farm boy. I came out of high school. I was uh, in the FFA. I was Future Farmer of America. And I went to this big farm operations. It wasn't far from my house and got a job with uh, one of the biggest farm operations in the Tidewater area at the time. It was W.E. Todd Farms and Frank T. Williams. And um, I worked on the farm, and I, I have, my passion was always, you know, big tractor tires and trucks and tractors and combines and all that good junk, you know. And as I worked for these wealthy people, I used to always look around their junkyard and see some of the stuff that they junked out, you know, those big old combine tires and stuff like that. So I started taking some of their junk back to my place with me. You know, I'd go around and ask for it, hey, bud, can I get a couple of those tires? Can I get these? Can I get that? And I got a, um, I grabbed an Army truck frame and some axles and an old 51 Ford pickup, and I started building a truck. 
Because when I was a kid, there was no monster trucks. It wasn't like I could look at a monster truck or something and copy it or, you know, or say, hey, I'm going to build a monster truck. We didn't even say the word monster truck when I was a kid. But um, anyway, I started out, and I, and I built this truck, and it was 1951 Ford. It had a 327 Chevrolet motor with the old double hump heads and all that good stuff. I put a set of 18 26 Rice and Cane tractor tires on it. Put dual gear boxes in this thing. Got in a mouth fight with some boys at the granary one morning, and these wealthy guys that always had these big, nice F-250 shiny trucks. And um, Gary Todd was the main guy that always had the big key ring in his name tag, and I wanted to be just like him. But he'd always come into the granary kind of smart-mouthing everybody, and it was one of a big crowd of people there who were bagging, you know, bags. And so I was a sower. I was sowing bags of corn. Coming there, we got in this mouth fight one morning and I, with a few choice words. I put Gary Todd in his place because he was talking about my truck calling a piece of junk. And I told him, I'd take that old junk and I'd dig your grave. I a can of spray paint and went out and I put grave digger on the door of my truck. And then I kicked his butt in a mud hole, in a local mud hole, right <laughs> there on the farm in front of about 10 of the main farm boys. So I was a grave digger, and I was king of the mud hole and king of the trucks back then, you know, right here in the Tidewater area. Wow. Now, you're, that's Virginia, right? Yeah, it was in Virginia. And, you know, and really all of my growing up, my growing up and romping and stomping is done in North Carolina because I live right on the border. Okay. You know, I lived on the end, and I was, I was born and raised in Chesapeake, in Chesapeake, Virginia, but... You know, it was always, you know, right across the border. And the, this farm operation actually was in North Carolina, and that's where that's where I created the name. You know, okay. and that was 31 years ago. I was standing in Currysville Green. It's about 16 miles from my house right now. And I stood there that morning, mouth fighting with Gary Todd. I told him, I'll take this junk, dig your grave, and put <laughs> it right on the side of this old 51 Ford truck. And um, never, you know, it was never a goal in life. Or not even a you know a mission in life for me to be you know a monster truck driver for the rest of my adult life, and it was just um, I'm just very fortunate, man. I'm like I'm an all American guy, truly living a dream, and and trust me, it hasn't been all you know peaches and cream as I was coming through the ranks, you know, with uh, you know with Grave Digger. I had I've had a lot of hard times and went broke, you know, several times doing you know doing my deal, driving the truck harder than I should be, and. I got all kinds of nicknames for being, you know, one run Anderson for just running the hell out of the truck and getting one run out of it. And I'd take it a thousand miles away in front of, you know, three or four thousand people and just kill my truck in about two minutes and have to take a loader and load it back on the trailer. And time went on, man. Things got better, you know. So, you know, here we are 31 years later still talking about Gravedigger and, you know, and look at, you know, look at where we've been and what we've got. You know, you walk through Walmart, Walmart, Toys, uh, Toys R Us, Kmart. Target all of the big stores and there's a you know there's toys in there grave digger toys they're all over the shelves and even today when I go to a store I can't believe that's me that's... I cannot believe that, that was me that me you know being the shade tree mechanic and you know coming from a chicken house because my goal in life back then was as time went on I never knew how long I was going to monster truck you know five years would pass and I go God I wonder what I'm going to be doing next year I wonder if I'm going to have shows always worried about if there was enough business. For me to go to these fairgrounds and these tractor pulls and get paid enough money to take my truck and do little exhibitions and stuff, you know, and, and indeed it sure was, you know, we were selling t-shirts and hats and that's what really kept me going and that's why, you know, I always thank my fans for every nut and bolt on my truck and every shingle on my roof because back in the day when I was growing up through the ranks, my biggest goal in life was, was to have a nice shop with a concrete floor one day. Wow. And so here we are 31 years later, and I've got four nice shops. And they all got concrete floor, and they got heat in the air. You know, <laughs> so it's all good. Super, super. Hey, in case you just tuned in, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And our special guest is four-time Monster Truck Champion, 
Dennis Anderson. Dennis, somewhere I was reading that you actually started out racing garden tractors. Is that true? Any validity to that? Yeah, it really is. And that's what, um, you know, I started out uh, tractor pulling. It was a little local Ruiting club and really probably one of the first trophies that I've ever won in, a, in any kind of a competition, motorsport competition, was in a modified little garden tractor. And it's, they don't they don't do it as much. They, they didn't do it as much then as they do now, as far as on the high scale, high performance. Then you know, it's just modifying what you had, and um, you know. And I used to, um, I, I modified a 1958 wheel horse garden tractor, and that was my that was my little garden tractor, man. I, I honestly, I still have the first trophy that I won from pulling at Gertie's Ruinton Club, is what it was called. But that's yeah, that is how I started out. I was 15 years old. No kidding. When I was. Well, I, I, I've always been a Ford truck guy, you know, and Broncos and Jeeps and stuff like that. But now in the 70s, because uh, you started in 81, in the 70s, Bigfoot was the big thing. So, But now you have surpassed Bigfoot. You hardly hear diddly out of those guys anymore. I mean, they're still around and stuff like that. Were they at one point in time some serious competition for you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, st- and they still, uh, you know, they're still very competitive. Okay. They're not, a, they're, they're not as competitive now. But, you know, back then, Bob, uh, you know, Bob Chandler, he had, you know, that guy, he had, he had big, uh, you know, corporate sponsors. He had, he had Ford, you know. And mm-hmm. so whenever I went to r- race with those guys, if, you know, and when they would beat me and, and if they did beat me, it really, it didn't bother me that bad because if I even came close to him, I felt good because, you know, I was funding my old deal. Those guys back in the day, they got, you know, they had big money from Ford, and um, and they put it up, and Bob had some of the best equipment out there. But, you know, you take that Ford truck and you stick it beside that old 1950 Chevy truck today, Bob Chandler will have tears going down <laughs> his cheeks. I'm going to tell you, man, you know, we put it up, and we put it up hard now. You know, I've got... You know, we've come a long ways, and, uh, you know, the innovation of monster trucks have just gone, you know, off the scale. You know, back when I was when I was doing it, you say 25 years ago, um, you know, if you had 10 monster trucks in an arena, and after National Anthem, you were lucky to get all up and all 10 of them to crank at the same time. But now, you know, we run, you know, we run these trucks so hard, and they're so durable, but they're very expensive. You know, back then, when you had a truck, it was a guy with the biggest, tallest, shiniest with the most case he liked kind of would win you know he would just crawl over the cars and get all the cheers and and i didn't have all the shine so you know i just drove the hell out of gravedigger just to make up for all of the chrome that i didn't have on my truck you know and that's what made it you know just a you know a hot spot and a hot you know uh, a hot commodity as far as monster trucks and you know plus it was you know it's a unique body style the 1950 but you know as time rolled on you know we rolled from a you know you know, eight you know eight thousand dollar twenty thousand, and it goes up to fifty thousand. And now the truck that I'll have in Tampa on Saturday night, and I'll drive that thing in the ground. That truck is a two hundred sixty five thousand dollar monster truck, and um and they truly are awesome. And I'm not just beating my chest and bragging because I'm not the only guy out there that's got those awesome trucks. There's a whole fleet of them, and those those things are something else, man. I'm telling you, you know. And when when we were building them back in the day. You had to go to the junkyard. You had to modify the part. You had to fix it, build it, put it together. And if you broke it, you know, God forbid you had to duplicate the thing and go try to find this weird spline axle because I had these snowplow axles underneath my truck that you couldn't hardly find anywhere. You know? So in, in today's world, you can go online, you can order a monster truck and have it delivered to your house. You know, Or if you've got a monster truck, you can go online and deliver and, and, and order parts for it. So. You know, monster trucks have come a long ways, and, and I've, I've lived the road, and 
I got second generation. My boys, you know, Adam and Ryan, they're they're in the business. Adam's been driving now for seven years. That's my oldest son. And uh, and Ryan, he's just stepped out on the track here in the last couple of years. He had a mishap and um, broke his neck, and he was out of business there for a little while. But he uh, he came out on the track with a new creation called Son of a Digger, and those guys are already superstars, man. They're they're burning it down. You know what's amazing is when uh, going back, you know, twenty five thirty years ago, you know, when it was just uh, Bigfoot and a couple other trucks. The trucks look like truck today. The trucks look have personality. You know, Grave Digger. You got El Toro out there. You've got Maximum Destruction. You've got Monster Mud. I mean, so they they're kind of cartoonish and they really appeal to kids. Is that is that your target audience? Kind of. Yes, it really is, and, and that's what's done it. You know. That, you know, back when we, you know, we keep, you know, referring back to back in the day. Back in the day, it was the good old guys, and it was just us, and, you know, the tailgate with the dog box, and the dual exhaust, you know, and the tall hat wearing, and the dipping their snuff guys. We That was the only guys that came to the shows. And now, you know, we appeal to the, we appeal to the kids. You know, you've got a kid that's, you know, five years old. And he's talking to his dad or five or six years old, and he goes, well, Grave Digger crashed because he broke a heim joint. And, and I've had this because I call them concrete cruising city slickers. They'll come up in my line, and it'll be like a dad, and he's a doctor, and his son will go, uh, you know, he, he says, you know, Mr. Anderson, he goes, you know, little Jeffrey here was asking, uh, you know, was telling me how your truck broke and the rear end came out, and he said it broke a heim joint. He goes, what the heck is a heim joint? <laughs> so I turn around on the truck and I show him. I said, "See, that's that's the hind joint right there. So it holds the rear, the four-link bar." And it was just amazing. And, and the parents were amazed that the kid—he's six years old—and that, that's just one example, you know. But for them, for the kids to pay that much attention and know that you know, Great Biggers Redhead, like one of them was out, and you know, and that's Dennis driving that one, or that's Pablo driving that one, or that's Adam driving, or that's Ryan driving, you know, and they. And they can relate to all of those trucks. So now, you know, what we've done is, is we've captured an audience of the kids are bringing the parents and turning the parents into fans as well. You know, once they come to a big monster jam, and especially a big stadium, open top arena or something like that, man, these, you know, it's, it's addicting for the people. They, they like to come back and watch, watch what we do because, you know, we still are, you know, we're, we're still a legitimate motorsport as far as the competition part of it because there's nothing rigged. Yes, we're there racing. We race, you know, two trucks at a time until we eliminate down to the last two guys at the end of the, at the, end of the uh, race. And then we go into a freestyle competition where we have a panel of judges. They judge you on how many hits you get in 90 seconds and how many hits you get in your bonus round, how many cross threads and wheelies and donuts and backflips and all of this stuff, you know. So there's a, you know, it's, it's a big competition, but on the other side of the, you know, curtain or, you know, sitting on the other side of the stage, you know, the, the fans sitting out there get the best show in the world. It's a motorsport show because you can guarantee if Dennis Anderson's going to be there and Grave Digger's going to be there, you're going to see that 1950 Chevy panel truck that's shining at the beginning of the night is going to be ground in the dirt before the night is over. And that's what they come to see. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because the last time I was there was a number of years ago, and that's exactly what you did. You made a ran, you ran around, you won, and then you went and made one couple more laps and you just literally destroyed that truck and i remember you telling telling us that the that the body okay not so much the chassis and everything but the body the fiberglass body was something like twelve to fifteen thousand dollars back then so i imagine exactly. it costs more now right right and, and and it is and that's and that's where we were on the bodies you know it's like we're anywhere between twelve and fourteen thousand dollars because they're all custom painted they're still airbrush custom painted so when we get ready to paint that body 
we don't just pop it out of a mold out of the back of my barn anymore. You know, there's a place in Illinois, a fiberglass company that makes my bodies. We pick the body up from Illinois. We bring it to the North Carolina shop. We cut it. We crop it. We mount it. Then we send it up the road about three miles to another shop that we have. We shoot it and we paint it. Then we put it in another truck and we haul it to Vineland, New Jersey, where Jim McShay is the artist for Gravedigger, and he paints the paintwork on it. Then it comes back to North Carolina. It gets shot with clear coat, and it gets transferred back up to the main shop. We put it on the truck, put it in the trailer, we carry it to the show, and I run it in the ground. And we do it all over and over again every week. And, um, and, and really, we have a stockpile of bodies. And, and I really, I tear up more, I tear up more, you know, more bodies, cosmetically stuff, than, um, than anybody on the team out there. But that's, that's kind of been, you know, that's kind of been my, you know, my cup of tea, and that, that's how I do it. And people know when I come, you know, they're waiting to see what I'm going to do. And I do, too. You know, because the tracks are so big and so new. You know, I've been doing it for 31 years, and all the young guns are going, I'm going, God, man, how, 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 what's the best way to get that? I, said, I don't have a clue, boss, because I've never hit it, I've never hit it before neither. So we all are going to find out. Now, you mentioned, uh, we were talking about heim joints and rear ends and suspension earlier. When you roll that truck, how much damage does your chassis actually sustain? Is it minimal? or I mean, because you've got some pretty serious uh, carriage work there, you know, structure. Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. I'm telling you now, if you break a hind joint or tear a four-link bar or something like that turns loose, now it can be pretty serious because you start tearing out, um, you know, drive shafts and drive shaft loops and breaking the, you know, the pinion shafts off and, and trashing your shocks and sway bars. But basically, if you keep the rears up underneath of that baby and it doesn't come apart, just cartwheeling and tearing it up, it's really kind of a cosmetic, you know, cosmetic deal because, you know, it, it's the bodies and you have a halo on the back that will get bent up and a bunch of little body mounts that, um, you know, little uh, outrigger bows and stuff like that. And that's stuff that we've got, you know, we have extra of in the trailer that we carry with us. So it's not too bad, you know. And some of the bodies that we crash, we honestly can put them back together because sometimes I'll put a brand-new body on at the pit party and then I'll call it my demolition body. I'll have another body that I turned over the weekend before that we kind of patched back together, and I will stick that thing back on there, you know, and, and run it in the ground. Okay. So most of the times I'll get about two weekends out of a body when I start, you know, really running it in the ground. What goes into being a driver for a man- monster truck? Do you have to have a special license, or how does that, uh, and what kind of training do you, re- do you need? Well, yeah, we do. We have, a, uh, we, have a, we have a training course that you go through, and it's not like it's open to the public. We pick and choose people, and usually they're you know they're from other uh, branches of motorsport. You know, either quad riders or motocross riders, or somebody that's been in you know circle track, dirt track cars, or something like that. You know, and um, and, and we bring them to a facility here at, in North Carolina, right here at the Diggers Dungeon, and we have a tryout slash training track, and we take them in a little classroom, and we take them through, show them videos, teach them how to, you know, how to get in and out of the truck and how to strap yourself in with all your safety components, how to start and run the engines, because these engines are blown fuel injected on alcohol. It's not just, you know, turning the key on and, and, and just hitting the key. You know, you have to spin the motor, prime it, and you can spin the motor, then throw the mag on. When you shut it off, you have to pull the fuel system and shut it off, lean it out, and then cut the ignition off. So, we have to, there's a lot of little steps that goes through it. Then, of course, we, you know, we take them out in the field and, um, and we, we, you know, we give them tryouts, driving up and down with the rear steer, doing hole shots with it. And then, you know, day two, we start launching them through the air 
and you know, and we video every move that we make, and we go back and review it in the classroom so they can see themselves. Because newcomers will get in and go, "Holy crap, man! I've hired that thing out so big, and they think they're really flying." And they'll come back and see the video and go, "God, man, I'm only like four foot high in the air, five foot high in the air." I'm like, yeah, that's not much, but you know, you'll get there. And um, and so there's you know there's there's a course that you go through, and plus you have to be certified to come in as an independent in race with Monster Jam. You know, there's you have to go to some of the officials, and you have to be um, you have to be signed off by you know three uh, tech officials, you know, in the monster truck business that you know that will watch you you know drive and take your little driving course. How often do you get new newcomers in the in the in the racing circuit? I mean, how many? You know, is it? I mean, right now, you've had the same same amount of people for quite a while. But I mean, how often do people come in? Do you get like five or six a year, or does it vary depending on the uh, part of the country? Uh, yeah, we usually, you know, usually we have anywhere. You know, it's been it's been kind of averaging about eight. You know, eight people, eight to ten people a year, and you know, and we've been adding trucks to the fleet. You know, because when I say fleet, we also build and maintain other trucks here at the, at the Diggers Dungeon. We have forty two monster trucks. And so these people that come in to try out to drive all of these other concept trucks, this is the, you know, right here on the Outer Banks, right here in North Carolina, that's where it all happens. It's the biggest monster truck operation in the world. And the operation is not that big, but it, it does it does house and, and, uh, and maintain 42 trucks that run through the facility. We never have them all there at one time, but um, that's, where all the, that's where all the training goes down for, you know, newcomers, new drivers, and um, and sponsors. You know, if, if somebody wants to sponsor a truck, just like the Advanced Auto. You know, Advanced Auto's got three trucks. We built those babies right here. We we field tested them, brought you know their drivers out, and some of their drivers had already been in monster trucks, and uh, well, a couple of them hadn't been in a monster truck. But anyway, we we bring them out and um and you know and, and test them in the field and train them in the field. And um, and it's it's just pretty cool, you know. We 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 all live here, and I've lived around it. My kids lived around it, and a lot of people that work here have. But for people to ride down the road and see five monster trucks out in the field with no bodies on it, and all of this stuff set up, and monster trucks flying through the air, they all stop down beside the highway. They think there's some kind of a monster truck show going on, and it's not. It's you know, it's it's one of our training sessions going on. Can people tour your facility? Yeah, they can. They, they come down, and we don't we don't have, and we're trying to get set up right now. There's a brand new building that's that's built. I haven't even got the final off on it yet. Should have the final off next Wednesday, and we're going to move the fab shop back. But people come to the uh, Diggers Dungeon every year, and I mean, I'm telling you, this thing is, you know, when the summer's out, we're on the out, you know, on the way to the Outer Banks, we're in a five lane right here, and you cannot, you can't, you can't go to the beach without passing us. We have Digger's Dungeon, which is a retail store. It's been there for 20 years. And right out front, I have Grave Digger number 7. It was one of my first trucks that I won the World Championship Freestyle with. I've got that thing planted on its nose as a monument out front of the shop. Then we have a uh, we have a kid's zone. We have a petting zoo. We have a Digger's Diner that you go, 1950-style stainless steel diner. And then we have a little ride truck park. So you come out and you pay $5 and you get a ride on a monster truck over top of a bus and all that stuff. So... And, and, it, and the dungeon's been here, like I say, for 21 years. So people know the fans, the fans, super fans. They always want to come to the dungeon, and I do meet and greets there on Saturdays when I'm not racing. Um, you know, from 10 to 2 and stuff like that. You know, and they always go to my website you know, on diggersdungeon.com or gravedigger.com. They check my website and they'll see when I'm there and they'll come down and visit me. Super. Now tell us a little bit about the truck, okay? 
How how much does that truck weigh when it's complete? Full tank of gas, you in it, and the motor and tires and wheels and all yeah. that good stuff. Okay. All right. The, the the truck weighs and actually the trucks are fattening up. You know, back you know uh, you know eight years ago we had you know eighty nine hundred pound, eighty five hundred pound trucks. Now we're making the trucks so durable we have to fatten them up a little bit. So these things are weighing about eleven thousand pounds now. But they weigh eleven thousand pounds. They're five hundred and forty cubic inches. They're blown fuel injected on alcohol. They build about 1,450 horsepower and about 1,395 foot-pounds of torque. They've got planetary differentials in them. This is three-to-one reduction out of the wheel. They've got terra tires on them. The terra tires are 66 inches tall, and they're 43 inches wide, and they weigh about 800 pounds apiece, and they cost $2,900 apiece, and one rim is uh, $2,000 with beadlock. The, uh, the chassis is made out of DOM tubing. It's 425-foot of tubing in a chassis. And all the bodies are um, the bodies are made from some of them are custom molds, but they're all fiberglass bodies. And um, and the trucks are you know they're really durable. We we build our own differentials. We have sheet metal housings that we you know put these planets out on the ends of. We have custom built axle shafts for them. Uh, you know custom shocks that's got thirty inches of travel. Um, you know custom sway bars on these things. So it's a uh, and, and the transmission is a two-speed. It's a power glide transmission. It's a custom piece from a cone transmission. It uh, holds up to 2,000 horsepower. And um, it's kind of like uh, something you have in a drag car, but it's got all the bulldog parts in it. It's got a custom-built aluminum billet uh, transfer case. It's got a quick-change gear sets in it. So you can change it for different tracks that we're going to run on. And um, that's, uh, that's really about, uh, about it. What about brakes? <laughs> brakes has got oh, okay yeah brakes has got uh, it's got pinion brakes and it either has the you know some of our trucks have brake man brakes on them and uh, a lot of the trucks have wheelwood brakes on them but the okay. the brake is a brake rotor um, that goes uh, that that goes right on at the um, on the pinion shaft itself right on the drive shaft and you look at that thing and look at how big the tires are and you walk around and go oh my god will that thing stop it. Absolutely, it'll throw you in the defroster, buddy. When you put the brakes on, because grabbing it and pinching it at the uh, at the differentials, that thing will it'll drag the wheels immediately. Now, the you said it had thirty inches of travel. So when you hit a really high jump, how far, how high off the ground do you actually get? Um, well, I mean, I've gotten forty two feet in the air and landed and kept going. Forty two feet. I'm talking forty two feet to the bottom of the tires. And, and if anybody out there listening, if you think that I'm not telling the truth about that, you can go to YouTube, and it's probably on YouTube, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm not sure which year, but it was back just a few years ago. But we still, we, we're jumping that high right now, you know, 30 feet, 35 feet um, consistently. There's a monster truck every week through the first quarter of the year that's doing it somewhere. And wow. I think Adam just done it, you know, in Anaheim uh, last week and weekend before last. He was about 38 feet in the air. And um, but you can uh, you can go on YouTube and um, you know run through a bunch of those videos. You'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. You're strapped in pretty good, and you mentioned that your uh, son uh, injured himself. And I know I've read that you've injured yourself injured yourself in the past. How do you sustain the damage? What exactly happens there? Is it because there's so much flexing going on? Is it because you might land a little bit odd and it throws the body around? I mean, you're strapped in pretty good. I mean, I race cars, so I have a you know I have a five point harness on mine, so I have a little bit of an idea. So tell us a little bit of how that. What happens to you, the body? Yeah, well, it's um, you know, it's strapped in. I'm I'm still kind of old school in it. I have um, I have a very good built seat, but I don't I don't wear all the head restraints. 
Mm-hmm. I wear a Hans device. I like to float around in my truck a little bit, my upper body, just have a little movement and float. It's kind of like, you know, it's like having a truck with an air ride cab on it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I kind of like floating around a little bit. And, you know, which, you know, most of the other guys, they, you know, all the young boys, now they're, they, you know, they've got a, um, they've got an ISP seat. I'm on the Butler seat. They're on the ISP seat and, uh, they've got all the head gear like that. And that's what my boys use. And um, and those things you really you know you, you you put your helmet on and you set yourself back in the seat and it's got like a set of horns it looks like armrests that you know are actually pressed against the sides of your helmet and another set of armrests that are right here at your shoulders that you know hit you right here in your shoulders and I hold you real rigid in the truck and I I just didn't prefer it because driving even testing them out in the field felt like I was driving it felt like I had a video camera up to my eyeball running around with it. It kind of just shook my head, and I, I didn't like it. So, you know, the last three years, I haven't, I haven't had all the head gear on, and I survive. I mean, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't hurt me, and I'm the oldest guy on the track. So it works. But, you know, we have, you know, we have R2s, R3s. We have the Hans devices, all of that stuff. And, you know, back in the day, man, you know, we started out just wearing a helmet. Then it was a heavy helmet. We started hurting our necks, and we were wearing an old foam neck brace. And I wore that thing forever, and then Adam... My oldest son is the one that said, Dad, I don't know how you do this and have done it that long. He said, because, I, you know, he had just gotten into the business. He says, he cannot stand it. He says, it's killing my neck. But he got that Hans device first, and he started wearing it. I'm like, I don't want all that, you know, claustrophobic stuff strapped on me. So we went to some, you know, outdoor show. It wasn't a big deal, but I was still running hard. And he says, you need to take that Hans and try it, Dad. So I went out there for freestyle that night at West Lebanon Valley in New York, and I uh, put that Hans device on, man. I ran the hell out of that truck. And when I come sliding back into the pits and got all unstrapped and all the boys is gathering around the truck, said, what do you think about that Hans? I said, all I can say is, is y'all's butt's in trouble now, boy. <laughs> it was just, uh, I'm going to tell you that right now. And I will not, I don't even do intros without my Hans device on. No kidding. So yeah, how- it's good stuff. That's good. That's good. That's good. That keeps everybody healthy and, and alive, you know. How many events do you actually participate in? How many events do you drive a year? I do 25. 25. I, yep, I do 25 events. And, um, and we have, you know, we're, we're, we're around the clock monster truck now. You know, we used to have these lows of up and downs. And everybody goes, when's your down season? Well, the down season for, the, for me, you know, I, have, I, get a little, I get a little breath right there in April. But I have all kinds of other stuff going on. I've got a a motorsport park that I run, you know, the Muddy Motorsports Park, and I'm doing that and playing in the mud and all of that stuff. You know, the boys, they pack up and they go to Europe. And they, you know, we have, when you come to my facility, right, you see sea containers, you think I'm in the shipping business, but it's sea containers that we own because we'll ship, you know, we'll ship a fleet of trucks over, like 16 trucks over to Europe, and they'll stay over there for about four months. And um, it takes uh, it takes anywhere from, you know, 30 to 40 days to get everything shipped over. 30 to 40 days to get it back. And once we get it back, we nut and bolt it and run everything through the shop and disassemble, you know, differentials and rears and go through everything and getting it ready, you know, for the Costa Rica tour. And then we, um, you know, hit it back over here in the States because we have, um, you know, we, we do our winter series that we're on right now. And that runs, that runs from the, uh, you know, first weekend in January to the last weekend in March. And then we have a little breather there in April. And then we start, um, we start a, uh, you know, a path of destruction tour, and then after we get done with the path of destruction tour, we have a summer heat tour. So it's kind of 24-7 monster trucks around this place. Wow. Now, the European fans, what are they like compared to the American fans? Do they really get into this stuff as much as we do over here? 
Yes, they, they do, but there it's like, you know, we planted the seed over there, and I think this would be like year number eight that we've been going over there, and they they just wait until the end before there's a cheer, or and they've just learned how to cheer for us. You know what I mean? It's like over here, you could almost wreck, and they were like, you know, over there, they just sat there and just kind of waited until the end of the deal, and, you know, the truck was upside down and smoking it on fire, then they would finally cheer, you know, so... I think they had to learn how to cheer for us <laughs> over there. But, um, they, you know, and, and some of the big, you know, in Arnhem and stuff like that, you know, some of those big markets over there, they have huge soccer stadiums. Mm-hmm. The floors are big. They're awesome. You can build big tracks, but they don't have much seating capacity. So we'll do, you know, we'll do uh, two, you know, two or three nights over there in those stadiums. You know, like when we go to Raymond James, the Raymond James Stadium, most of the time on this, this date that we're rolling in now, uh, it, it's it's more than likely to sell out. You know, it'll sell out, and we'll have you know we'll have you know sixty five thousand people, sixty two thousand people in there, and sell the thing out. You know, whereas over in Europe, you know, they can only seat about thirty thousand, twenty five to thirty thousand people in some of their in some of their places. Wow. But um, the, the, but the Europeans love it. I'm mean, telling you, man. And I honestly, I have never been over there, and they are they are hounding and pounding for me to personally come over there because they watch me on Monster Jam. They see my boys and they see everybody else that runs with us over there, but I've never been there because I told the promoters, I said, hey, look, I'm good, man. I'm a hero right here in the United <laughs> States. Just leave me here. Take the boys over to Europe. They can be the international guys. Wow, that's great. Hey, we got a couple of minutes left. How much dirt do they bring in at Raymond James? How many yards, cubic yards of dirt has to come in there? And how many days oh, does man. it take to bring it, that? It, it really depends, but it's usually... It is. It's usually about uh, about three to four hundred tandem. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, uh, quads or tractor trailer loads of dirt. So it's. I forget the exact number, but I just know that when they come in to build that track, to bring the track in and get the track out, it costs around one hundred and thirty to thirty one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars to build that track. You know, they come in, they lay down poly, a couple layers of poly, two layers of plywood, and then they'll put you know you know, eight to ten inches of material on top of that clay material, and then they build the big mobiles in the hills. So it's a, it's a lot, a lot of dirt. When they build the mobiles the moguls in the hills, is there like a standard format, or do you have any say-so? Do you try to reconfigure, or how does that work? No, actually, there's a, there's a whole team that works for Monster Jam up in the Chicago office, and they sit there and design these tracks. Okay. But they call us, and we have meetings, and we talk about it, and they stick them out there, and we just... And some of the stuff we don't know. Now, down here in the field, we've built some of the, you know, we built some of the, uh, you know, the four-way tabletops, the jumping, you know, and the jumping jacks, the jammers, and all of that stuff. We tested them out here in the field to see, you know, how to build them so we could tell the track guys, this is what we want. So those guys have got, they've got like a, they've got like a little site plan when they come in to build this thing. And there's certain measurements and distances got to be because, you know, we're running quads on some of it. We run, uh, you know, we'll have like, um, you know, like the street warriors that are run on the outside. And then we'll have, you know, the, uh, you know, the motocross riders will come in doing all of their backflips and, and we have to have hills set up for them. So, you know, there's, there's like three or four tracks built into, you know, into one big, you know, uh, stadium floor. So it's, um, it's pretty crucial, and there's, there's a lot that goes on. They're not just pushing it in there and kind of eyeballing it. They, those, those operators have got a little set of blueprints they go by on, you know, how high to build it, what kind of, uh, you know, how high to build it, how long, the, you know, the pitch is, what kind of, uh, you know, ramp does it, you know, does it have a lift in it, 
Does it got a belly? Does it have a you know a concave? You know what I mean. So right. there's it's got all the descriptions of of you know of building a technical track for monster truck. Super. We got about a minute left, Dennis. Who? How many? How big is the field, and who is your strongest competitor? Okay, the field that's coming right now is um, it's going to be 16 trucks, and probably the strongest competitor out there will be Maximum Destruction. Maximum Destruction, really. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, charities, real quick. Charity. What's one of your favorite charities, and do you do a lot of charity uh, work for uh, some of those organizations? Yes, I do. I like uh, Make a Wish is the biggest and the longest going uh, charity deal that I've done. I started out in uh, in California back in 1991 doing stuff for Make a Wish, and I got the Chris Gracious Award uh, last year or year before last. Um, and I, I take care of about uh, 16 Make a Wish families a season, uh, you know, through uh, through Monster Jam. And um, and then we have a, we have a team called Relay for Life. It's digging for a cure, and that's a local thing that we do right here at home. Well, that's super. I want to thank my special guest, Dennis Anderson, four-time monster truck champion out of North Carolina. I guess that's where you're at now. And don't forget, everybody, be sure and check out and watch him on TV and go over there and see him at the stadium, the Advanced Auto Parts Monster Jam this weekend. Dennis, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. Meanwhile, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, love your family. We'll see you this weekend at Monster Jam or maybe Moultrie, Georgia, one of the two, okay? And tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars next week. Also, check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and check out our podcast where you can hear the best of Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And don't forget, like us on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week. Break on through to the other side. Break on through to the other side, yeah. We chased our pleasures here. Dug our treasures there. I can't still recall the time we cried. Break on through to the other side.